Um, I'm going to open up from Luke uh, chapter 24 from verse 44. I'm sorry, from verse 36. Verse 36, Luke 24, 36. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and he said to them, peace to you. But they were terrified and frightened and suppose they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do you doubt and have these doubts arise in your heart? Spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they were still not believe for, uh, but while they still did not believe for joy and marveled, he said to them, "Have you any food here?" So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. He took it and he ate it in their presence. And he said to them, "These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all these things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me." And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to raise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remissions of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power on high. This is after the resurrection. They ran to the tomb. The tomb was empty. He had a conversation with Mary. Uh, Peter ran. <clears throat> they, they didn't recognize him. And here we are. He appears to them and says, peace to you. And there was fear that come over him, come over them. And I just want to imagine for a moment what it was like for three and a half years, he built up a small group of followers. The closest knit group was 12 that went out to uh, 40, 70, 120. And there were groups that were following him. There was multitudes that would come and, and eat the fish and, and eat the bread. Uh, but here, this is after he was crucified and hung on a cross. Uh, he died. They buried him in a tomb. They knew he was dead. They saw he was dead. And unfortunately, all of their dreams, all of their expectations, all of their faith, all of their hope and desire was over. They came to a, an end of what they thought was going to happen. They envisioned the great coming of the kingdom, the great uh, promises of the Old Testament that God would be their God, and he would teach them and dwell amongst them. And, and uh, But they saw an end. They saw and were probably very disappointed. They were probably hurt. They were probably, uh, the word is shooketh, right? They were probably shooken to the core. They were probably taken aback. Um, all hope was gone. And of course, uh, the Gospel of John actually says that they went fishing. The fishermen went fishing. The same guys that he called early on and said, drop your nets, come follow me. And immediately they followed him. The same guys who had given up a lifestyle, given up a certain way of living, uh, had followed him for three and a half years. They, they were troubled to the core that their vision was over and the purpose was gone. And many of us as believers have the similar walk. 
We get saved, we believe in Jesus, we're walking and running with the Lord, and all of a sudden trouble comes and shakes up our worldview, shakes up our perception of Christ, and Jesus doesn't answer the way we want him to answer, and maybe it seems like Jesus is not there, maybe it seems like uh, the enemy won and Jesus is hung on the cross, and there's no victory, uh, but in three days, victory came, victory walked out of the tomb, victory shook off dead, death, sin, victory won. And here he appears before them, and of course they're terrified. He says to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your heart? You see, the biggest problem for believers is doubt rising up in our hearts. If we would learn to trust the Lord and rely on the Lord, and I'm not saying that's easy. We all have a walk that we have to walk out with fear and trembling, and God is calling us not to be double-minded. He's calling us to be single-minded, filled with the faith. Hear the very people that watched him raise uh, Lazarus from the dead and uh, heal the sick and heal the lepers and set captives free. He, these same people were troubled and they were filled with doubt at that moment. And Jesus showed him his hands and his feet and he said, Spirit does not have flesh and bones, but I do. He wanted to prove to them that he wasn't just some ghost or some mirage or some image standing before him so by the Spirit but definitely his flesh. There was evidence that he had risen from the dead. His flesh had risen from the dead. It wasn't a spiritual thing. Um, and he asked them for some food. And obviously, spirits aren't going to eat food. So one of the things I got out of the scripture and uh, want to share today is that I hear this often that uh, a lot of unbelievers think that we're just... We're just flesh and blood, bones, and you know we live this life and we die and we get buried in the ground and we go back to the earth. And um, and I think that the problem with all of that is how we perceive and see ourselves. Um, we are a spirit. We're spirit beings, just like Jesus had a has a spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon him, and as born again believers, the Holy Spirit's come upon us. But I think there's a revelation that needs to be poured out. And, and as believers, we get to share this revelation with unbelievers. Is that there is a spirit being inside of everyone waiting to be born again. And that born again spirit is yearning to live a life filled with God's joy. Filled with the presence of Jesus. We're not just skin and bones. We're not just born and then go back to the earth to, quote, replenish the earth. We're spirit. We were spirit in the beginning. We're spirit now and we'll be spirit in the end. And because of that, we have been given and granted special immunity from spiritual things that attack us. That doesn't, that doesn't mean we're not going to go through the challenge. It just means that we're going to be victorious through the challenge. I'm going to go over to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7. The Apostle Paul is repeating uh, the purpose of why Jesus died. In verse 7 he says, In him we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Jesus was able to redeem us, to buy us back from our 
uh, life filled with death and filled with confusion, filled with strife, filled with uh, spiritual dying. He was able to, by his blood, forgive our sins. And not just any sin, all of our sins. He made to abound to us all wisdom and prudence. He was able to pour out all wisdom and prudence upon us, all knowledge of heaven. Verse 9 says, Having made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, pleasure which he purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him. You see, right there we see that which was lost in the garden is being restored in Christ. Because of the original sin, Adam and Eve lost paradise. They lost the goodness of God's mercy. They lost the provision of God's hand. They lost the protection and the, the victory of everything that God had uh, prepared for them in the garden. When they were ejected from the garden, they literally were ejected from the presence of God. The presence of His goodness and the presence of His mercy. But Paul says here that by the blood and the working on the cross, the forgiveness of sins, full riches were abounded to us. That He might gather together all in one things, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in Him. Verse 11 Ephesians 1.11 says, In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. And we who were first trusted in Christ should be the praise of His glory. In Him you also trusted after you heard. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel to your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of your inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. <clears throat> Verse 17. God and our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in this, to the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his hand on the right side in heavenly places, far above principality, far above power, and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body and the fullness of him who fills all things. You see, the power of the resurrection is fundamentally the power for the church. It is the foundation upon which the church is built. Today we have a lot of uh, speaking about preaching and teaching about psychology in the church. We have uh, get better, do better, work harder, be more excellent. We have a lot of self-helpism in the body of Christ. But I got news for you. 
The thing that Jesus did when he walked out of the tomb, when he rose from the dead, when he gave us life and life more abundantly, he poured out the power of resurrection in the body of Christ. And that means that we not only rise from the dead one day, but we act like people who have the power over principality, every power, every might, every dominion, everything that's named in this age and the age to come, the church has authority over. It is time that we begin to walk in the power of the resurrection. We have the power of God's resurrection. We have the power over death. There's no victory and there's no sting in it. If we have the power of resurrection, then there is no fear in what we do. If we have the power of resurrection, we have the power to conquer every sin that plagues our body, every transgression, every evil thought. We can keep captive because the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that lives in every believer. Church, I'm excited today, not just because we're celebrating, hallelujah, the power of resurrection, but because we're living the power of resurrection. We have power to cast out sickness, cast out a virus. We have the power to speak to our finances. We have the power to speak to our relationships. We have the power to speak things as though they are, even though they're not. We have the power to speak to mountains. We have the power to call forth the dead and see them raised from the dead. And church, that's fundamental because who we are, because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are resurrected. Hallelujah. I want to encourage you that we need the faith to believe in the power of the resurrection. We need the faith to believe the power that Jesus has poured out upon us. Verse 18 Ephesians 1.18 says, The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, and what are the riches of the glory, and all of His inheritance in the saints. His prayer for you, uh, Paul's prayer for the church, but God's prayer for us is that our understanding, it, it would be enlightened, that it would be turned on, that it would be uh, uh, the, the, the foreshadow of, of death and the, and the shadowing of uh, defeat would be enlightened or it would be visualized, turned on, that we could finally see that we're no longer dying, that we're no longer dead and afraid. We would finally know the hope of His calling. That we would finally know what are the riches, hallelujah, and the glory of His inheritance. That we would finally know Verse 19, what is the exceeding greatness of His power? That we would get a revelation, and I'm praying today, right now, those of you who are watching, those of you who are listening, that you would have a revelation of the exceeding greatness of the power of God. Verse 19, what is the exceeding greatness of His power for those who believe according to the working of His mighty power? 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come, that you would understand that God has put inside of us every power, the very resurrection power 
lives inside of us. I'm praying right now that as you're listening to me, the Spirit of God is turning on. The Spirit and His light is turning on. God is rich in His mercy. He is rich in His love for us. He is God is holding nothing back. He is pouring out upon you all the power to walk out of your dead situation. You don't need to be a victim anymore. You don't need to lie there in dead clothes on the slab of life. You get to shake the death clothes off, rise up, and live life to the fullest. You no longer need to be afraid of every fear and every doubt that comes along. You get to shake off fear and doubt and walk in the power of the resurrection. Ephesians 2. And you, he made alive, who were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of this air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom you also were once conducting yourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, of the mind, and were in nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, someone say, but God. But God, hallelujah. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, with which he made and loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And not of yourselves it's a gift of God. Not of works least anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You see, the truth is that there is nothing you can do to change your situation. You need to let the Spirit of God come inside of you and change you. But He loves us. And the proof that He loves us is that while we were yet sinners and we were dead in our trespasses, He made a way for us to live. And because He lives, we can live also. And I'm telling you today, church, you must walk in resurrection power. I want to just, I just want to pray the Spirit of God comes upon you. And resurrection power comes upon you. Because the one thing that I'm convinced of more than anything right now is that we need power in the body of Christ. We need to walk in His mercy, His grace, His truth, His understanding. We need to be enlightened. We need to shake off the dead trespasses and sin. And we need to bring life to a dying world. But we can only do that when we're filled with resurrection power. So today we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But what are we really celebrating today, church? Church, we're celebrating our resurrection, our personal renewal, our being born again by your Spirit, Jesus. That's what we're celebrating. That we're no longer dead in our sins, but we're living a life and a life more abundantly. Church, you got to live today. 
We have to stop dying and we have to stop surrendering to the old natures and the old ways of being because we are no longer old creatures. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. If any man be in Christ Jesus, old things are passed away and behold, all things become new. And I'm calling forth that newness today. So today, at the hearing of what I'm saying, let the Spirit of God come and resurrect Himself inside of you. Let your spirit come alive again today. And for those of you who have listened and you do not know Jesus Christ and never made Him your personal Lord and Savior, let me say this. You're not just flesh and blood, and you're not just going to die and be buried. You're a spirit being. And right now, the spirit of the air, the spirit of the air has you and has you gripped and has you deceived. But if you will surrender your life to Jesus Christ, he will open your eyes, not only to your spiritual nature, but to his spiritual nature. You'll get to see what his kingdom looks like, and you'll get to redefine what you perceive and therefore redefine where you're going. God's calling you in. God's calling you in, and there is no other way to salvation except through the blood of Jesus Christ. So let me pray this with you right now. If God is tugging on you and you want to come to know Jesus today, let's just pray this together. Father, I realize that I have sinned. I realize that sin separates me from you. And I want to know you. I want to know your love and your mercy. I want to receive the blood of the cross that washes me and sets me free. I want to receive right now the purchase of your blood, the purchase of my sin, the purchase of my death. And I want to be born again. I want to be born of your Holy Spirit. Jesus, I invite your spirit to come and live and dwell and have your being inside of me. I surrender my old life and I pick up my new life in Christ. Speak to me, have dominion over my life, lead me and take me wherever you want me to go. I surrender. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, then you should get in touch with us. Get in touch with us at the church. You can DM us on Facebook. You can go to our website, ecclesiasa.org, and you can uh, contact us there. There's a contact page. Um, uh, get in touch with us so that we can get you a Bible, put it in your hands, and talk to you about uh, your new life in Christ. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching today. I want to give glory to God for all that he's done. We cannot take credit for the work that he's done on the cross. Amen. So we're joyful and we're filled with praise and we're filled with adoration and we're overwhelmed with joy because we were once dead in our trespasses, but now we live. So I just want to remind you, live your new life in Christ, knowing that you have resurrection power in Jesus' mighty name. Love you.